All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, it is Family Day weekend, and that means uh, an event that has been synonymous, I guess, with uh, Family Day weekend in Edmonton for many years. It's the Stollery Family Day Classic, and let's welcome in Steve Serdachny from the Stollery Family Day Classic. Uh, morning, Steve. Long time no talk. Thanks for hopping on today. Well, thanks for having us, Kevin. Really appreciate that very much. And uh, I, I want to congratulate you and uh, all the crew at uh, 1440 that are bringing great sports radio back to Edmonton. It's it's great for the community, and uh, it's great to have you on the air and part of it because mm. uh, we miss you, brother. We miss you. <laughs> well, thanks for those uh, kind comments, Steve, and uh, miss talking to you in the TV sense because every year at this time we would be heading down to Terwilliger at Global and and getting things ready as you've been uh, working uh, your arse off here, you and your staff, to get the, the, the Family Day Classic going. Starts uh, today at Terwilliger and runs all the way through till the 19th. Just uh, tell our listeners when it started, how many years you've been going, and the amount that you've raised so far for the Stollery. Well, it, it's pretty exciting. Uh, the uh, the NMAX uh, 13th Annual Family Day Classic uh, started at 8 a.m. this morning. It's... Uh, it takes about a year, Kevin, as you know. You've been very familiar and a great supporter of the event for the last 13 mm-hmm. years. And, uh, yeah, it started this morning. There's just a, a lot of work that goes into it. And uh, it's played at the uh, Twilliger Recreation Center. It features over 82 teams and 1,600 players. Um, every year we're, we're really blessed and grateful and fortunate that over – 650 to 700 teams apply to try to play in this tournament and you know what makes it very special and for listeners that maybe aren't familiar with it is it's really about activating our community and our children and our families and our youth through the best game in the world hockey and um, each of the players and each of the teams that they get an opportunity to not just compete uh, and play the greatest game in the world, but they get a chance to support an incredible cause with the Stollery uh, uh, Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. What have you raised to date so far, Steve? Well, up to date, uh, not including this year's event, just, uh, just shy of $4.2 million have been raised for uh, – many different things within the Stollery uh, Hospital. And it's just really a testament to the players, uh, to the community, to our amazing, uh, our amazing partners that, that that make this happen. Like NMAX is, you know, our title sponsor this year. Uh, What a great, great community, uh, community company. And we're just, you know, we're, we're excited to have them. Ballon Canada, Baker Tilly, Be Right and Summit, um, uh, Vic and, and Chief Cody at the at the River Cree, they're fantastic supporters of the Stollery Hospital, the Sarah Insurance Driving Force, and of course Hockey Edmonton to to make this happen. But really, the power of this tournament, Kevin, is uh, is the players, and it's the families, and it's the parents, and it's about kids thinking about others mm-hmm. rather than just thinking about themselves. And really, it's not. It's great to raise funds and money and people are always intrigued by that but the more important thing is uh is uh you know 15,000 plus players that have played in this tournament in this event that have gone into the community and learned about caring about others and playing for healthy kids both proactively from them keeping them actively living and 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 fit and using hockey as a means to to stay fit but also playing for kids that are less fortunate that have to spend their time in the hospital and uh you know this year's this year's cause is is very very special and near and dear to our heart um it's pediatric oncology 
it's um it, it's you know kids kids that are suffering through cancer and getting treatment for cancer and hopefully one day get an opportunity to beat this this horrible horrible disease and and move forward and you know it, it's it's near and dear to our hearts mm-hmm. somebody that you know too as well and somebody that was involved in our tournament for very many years and i was an athlete that i got to train as he played junior into the golden bears somebody that worked very closely with me um you know travis Toomey, um his son tedrick Toomey. um you know travis if your listeners don't know um his uh He's an NHL linesman now. He's an inc- him and Pam are incredible parents and incredible people. But uh, his son uh, very, very recently got news of a leukemia diagnosis, uh, diagnosis Tedrick. And uh, so we're dedicating all of our effort and all of our funds that we raise from this year's event um, to that. They're currently in the stallery right now getting treatment. And, uh, you know, this is this is this is something that's you know it's great and people always think it's really about you know the funds but it's really not it's about the awareness Mm -hmm. and you know our community there's not a person that has children um that have been to the facility or know people that have had to use the facility and uh it's really the most important thing for our future and for our youth and uh it's something that just really goes beyond hockey sport it's about family community good health and our kids and uh really near and dear to what we're we're trying to accomplish. Steve Serdakny with us. The Stollery Family Day Classic is underway at Terwilliger. Uh, I guess the motto you have it as well, Steve, for years, playing for healthy kids, giving back to others. For you, Steve, being involved uh, since day one, what do you? how proud are you when you see these young kids, 9, 10, 11 years old, wanting to get involved, wanting to, as you say, raise awareness and, and make our community better? It just must give you the warm and fuzzies when you see this at such a young age and then hopefully these kids continue on for the rest of their lives kind of helping out our community well absolutely that's what it's about kevin it's uh we live in a society you just have to turn on the tv or listen to the radio or open up your computer or your phone and there's a lot of bad news out there and there's a lot of conflict and a lot of turmoil and a lot of uncertainty and um you know this is really something about you know that, that that's really near and dear to me it's about it's about family it's about kids it's about hockey it's about bringing community together um i think there's enough stuff that's uh divisive and um you know we we, we you know everybody that's listening to your show knows that mm-hmm. the world is ripping itself apart and thank god for sports that can give us moments to enjoy and turn turn the heavy stuff off and um you know this this it does make me feel good because this is about activating the youth and about it's about the future and you know uh, this event that's gone on for 13 years obviously it's it's helped the dollar in so many different ways and but it also like you said it activates all these children all these family it brings community together you should see over the 60,000 unique visitors that come through the twilliger rec center um to take part in this, not just to, for their own kids, but to watch other kids. There's the most amazing silent option with every jersey, sports memorabilia, mm. golf experiences from the Windermere to the Mayfair to Blackhawk. To the, the community support is just amazing. There's something for everybody, for moms, for dads, for kids, so they can take part in the silent auction in the 50-50s. There's face painting, there's balloons. It's just a great place for family to yeah. celebrate family and uh, you know just celebrate community and healthy children. And it's, it's it, and it, doing it for such a 
such a great cause. And, uh, you know, there's so many wonderful, wonderful volunteers. One of the things I do want to talk about is, you know, our wonderful partners, Hockey Edmonton. Hockey has been a giant part of my life as it has been mm-hmm. in your life as well. And uh, just the ability to uh, activate these hockey players in a great way and one of the one of the really neat things that is born out of this um, a small portion of what we raise every year goes back to minor hockey and it provides free development through an initiative we call s4 that we do with hockey edmonton so once a month um, kids from all over edmonton and area uh, can you know register for free and get free development and it's open to everybody all levels and abilities and uh, it's just about growing that game too as well as you know, it's a, it's a giant part of our community, hockey, and, uh, you know, I think sport and, and developing good human beings, especially the game of hockey, uh, go hand in hand, and that's, that's what's beautiful about this event as well. Mm-hmm. Steve Sterdachny, uh Stollery Family Day Classic underway. Uh, just one quick question on your daughter, uh, Danielle. Steve, we've done lots of stuff with her over the years as well, and you were the Oilers skills coach and skating coach for, you know, 10, 12 years or whatever it was. Uh, Danielle, can you give us an update? She was at the Worlds on Team Canada last year. What's, give us a little update on Danielle. Yeah, she's she's doing great. We just had her we just had her senior weekend last weekend at Colgate. It's been uh, five wonderful years. And if there's any dads of uh, sons and daughters, I tell you the the NCAA route is is an amazing experience. If your kids get an opportunity to experience world class education and uh, and and NCAA hockey, it's just an amazing experience. And she's she's really enjoyed that. Um, she, she had an opportunity to play in the rivalry series um, in uh, Sarnia and in Windsor, and uh, it was great. It was great to watch her. It's always it's always exciting to watch your kids, all of your kids, uh, play mm-hmm. for uh, play for their country. And uh, she's just finishing up uh, the last regular season. They're in Yale today, so they're uh, wow. they're chasing uh, ECAC champ uh, regular season. Um, championship they're they they need a they need a win this weekend and i i hope they get that and then playoffs uh start next week and then obviously uh that's kind of what 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 she's been focused on right now when there's uh world championships in utica that she hopes hopes to be selected for but you know we'll uh we're we're just excited to watch her and uh as we are all of our kids and uh and the kids that are going to be playing in the tournament this weekend uh, just a quick uh, wrap then on the on the Stollery this weekend, the Charity Classic, in in the sense of uh, start started already and runs all the way through till Monday, right? Absolutely, and uh, you know we, we like to encourage people in the community. Everybody is welcome, and uh, it, it's really a great place for family. And even if you don't have family, just to to watch some incredible hockey. Um, there's great activities, and I'm and I'm telling you, like Kevin, you've been uh, mm-hmm. you've been before and you've seen it. The silent auction is to die for. Yeah. There are restaurant experiences. There is golf. There's sports memorabilia. The jersey collection alone and uh, the NFL stuff that we have, it's uh, its something special, especially you can help a, a great cause, the stallery, as well as, you know, come home with something really special. So there's really something for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, 
you know, Tracy, Jim Martin, like they do such an amazing job, you know, Dancer Dacne, Tannis Hoos, uh, the entire committee that makes this happen. Like there's so much, so many hours that are put in and uh, it, it's, an, it's an amazing event. And I want to invite people down. And if they're interested in, in supporting the cause, um, they can go to Family Day Classic. That's familydayclassic.com. And um, they can donate online. It goes directly to the salary. They can get tax receipts to deduct from their taxes. And all the funds go directly to helping healthy kids and helping the salary children's hospital. And in this case, this year, pediatric oncology and you know, helping those kids that uh, aren't, aren't fortunate enough to get the opportunity to play the great game of hockey. Hey, Steve, thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, you, you and your crew have just done a remarkable job with this uh, continued success uh, with the classic. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, Kevin. Congratulations on the show, and thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks again. That's a Steve Serdachny, the Stollery Family Day Classic, underway at the Terwilliger Rec Centre. Go down, as Steve said there, games going on four sheets of ice, you know, nonstop. And again, with Steve's contacts, you know, across the hockey world, the silent and live, well, the silent auction items that you will see when you get in there, second to none. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will have uh, Bob Weeks plus... Before that, how about time to uh, check in with our ski report? Here's the Duke. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Friday, February 16th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Great long weekend coming up for skiing and snowboarding wherever you choose to go. At Marmot, the entire mountain is now open and received three centimeters in the last five days. Down in Banff, Lake Louise with five centimeters fresh over the past four days. Sunshine Village's Delirium Divary with its famed double black diamond terrain is now open for the year and they've had 10 centimeters in the last seven days. At Norquay, 13 centimeters over the last week. Nakiska with 20 three centimeters in the last seven days castle mountain 13 over the last three fernie 27 in the past week kimberly with 36 centimeters over the past seven days and panorama piling up 11 centimeters in the last week over a kicking horse they've had 12 centimeters in revelstoke 23 in the last week and in the okanagan big white silver star and sun peaks all receiving between 20 and 25 centimeters in the last week while apex alpine has had 12 local hills in full operation and there may even be a few additional activities and events to help make the family day long weekend extra special that is your snow valley ski report all right welcome back to the big program time now for the game of the day brought to you by saint albert dodge over 300 new dodge ram and jeeps are available zero percent for up to 72 months on select models and zero percent also available on ram 1500s that's only at saint albert dodge check out stalbertdodge.com as we welcome in Bob Weeks from TSN. Good morning, Bob. You're with Kevin Carey on Sports 1440. Thanks for hopping on this morning. Always uh, always a pleasure to be here. Well, I mean, the Scotties get underway tonight, Bob, in Calgary, and I would it's easy to say that the number one storyline is Jennifer Jones going into her last Scotties. Uh, what do you make of uh, what's going to be kind of a I guess would be an, a, an emotional week for her? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. It was, um, I think, a, a sort of a big surprise to everybody, and I think she did it with the right timing because now going to give the fans uh, a chance to say goodbye, and, and this won't be her last event. She'll play in the Players' Championship at the end of the, uh, the season in April, uh, but this will be the last big farewell. This is a tournament I think that's most uh, 
most linked to her career. I mean, she's this is going to be her 18th appearance at the Scotties, and she's won it six times, and she's won Olympic gold. I mean, there's there's not much she hasn't done. She really is sort of the goat of curling, and uh, and I think there'll be a lot of focus now. Knowing Jennifer, she'll probably go out and win it, but <laughs> and, it, and it, I wouldn't discount that. I mean, she does have a very good team. She's had a very good year. That team is ranked fifth in the world right now, so it's not like a this is not a sort of a a farewell where we're just sort of going through the motions. I mean, she is a good competitor, and, and we'll see what uh, she can put uh, put together on the ice. If she were to win it, Bob, that gives her seven, one more than Colleen Jones for Canadian women's titles. Uh, how much do you think that would mean to her? I think it means a lot. I think I think she's always been someone who wanted to to wants to you know to reach the, the best you can be and go one better than someone else. Uh, if she doesn't get it, I don't think she'll be shocked or. or be saddened by it but it would certainly be nice and it would also make for an interesting story she's sort of saying she's retiring from women's curling but then of course as team canada she would get the pass next year so maybe <laughs> she would come back for one more run we'll see what happens but uh, that's a bridge uh, she can cross when she gets to it plus she wants to get into the mixed doubles with her husband brett lang uh, i mean you've seen how curling has kind of evolved bob more than anyone you've been in the you were in the hall of fame what eight years ago in the canadian curling hall of fame but um how have you seen the evolution here moving to mixed doubles? So many, you know, players and, um, you know, individuals are concentrating on mixed doubles because of the Olympics. But what's your take? Well, Canada's kind of behind in that in that transition. And, um, you know, one of the reasons mixed doubles was brought in at, at, a, at an international level is there's a lot of countries which don't have uh, depth. And so if, if you can give them a chance to curl with just two players instead of four players, I know it doesn't sound like much of a difference, but it is. And, and you look at some of the countries uh, that are amongst the top teams in the world in, in mixed doubles curling, and, and they're non-traditional uh, curling nations, at least ones that we don't think of as being traditional. Places like Hungary have won world championships, and now the top teams are in Italy and things like that. So it's, it's a little different, but Canada's catching up, but there are now, I think in the last since the last Olympics, really, now what you're seeing are players such as now Jennifer Jones, but there's others as well who are just dedicating themselves to that particular uh, facet of the sport. And, and that'll only uh, increase as we, as we move along. I think there will be more and more dedicated mixed doubles curler, curling, and especially with a chance uh, to, to win an Olympic medal. Bob Weeks, TSN, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. The field in Calgary for the Scotties. What do you make of it? And have you got kind of a, a little bit of a, a handicap who you think might come out on top here? <laughs> well, I guess the big story is is Team Canada with Kerry Anderson going for five in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be a record as well. Um, I think they've had a bit of a a bit of a down year by their own standards. They they haven't really won as much. Uh, really haven't won that much to begin with uh, overall this year. They've sort of been. I don't know if it's just that they're flat or if they've just haven't had the right mojo at the right time um but there's you know they're they're kind of an interesting story and then i guess on the other side the team that has been the best all year and not just in canada but really around the world is is uh, rachel holman's team and they came together last year they sort of switched things around a little bit where um uh, where tracy flurry the third was throwing third rocks but calling the game and this year they decided to, to let it go back to a more traditional sense. So, so Rachel Holman is skipping, throwing last rocks, calling the game, and Tracy Fleury has moved into a third a third position. And I think that's gelled with this team. And and I think right now they are the team to beat. But there are some some good 
um, dark horses, let's call them. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's some uh, some interesting uh, squads. I mean, Selena Sturme is a name that I think you're going to hear a lot more of, the Alberta team. Um, there are some, some good teams uh, out of Ontario. Danielle Inglis is playing in her first Scotties, but is, is very good. And Northern Ontario yeah. is a team that doesn't get a lot of attention because they're all full-time business people. I mean, the skip... Uh, Krista McCarville is a teacher, and they don't play on the circuit that much. But when they get to the Scotties, they seem to find something that allows them to play at, a, at a, just an elite level. And, uh, and I think they're going to be a team to watch this year, too. So there's some, there's some haves and have-nots, as we've always had it. But um, I think at the top, the, you know, the, the obvious picks, I think, of, of people like Anderson and Jones and McCarville and Holman, I think mm-hmm. those are the ones to kind of keep your eye on as we get further and further into the week. Man, Bob, we're on the same page. I was, that's where I was going to go with Krista McCarville. Uh, what is it? Something about it, just when she gets to these events, uh, her whole rink just plays extremely well and puts themselves in that conversation. Yeah, and you know, the, the, they've added uh, Andrea Kelly this year, who played for New Brunswick for a number of years. She's come in and played third. Um, and and you know the one thing that they do a lot of at home is that they, you know they don't travel and play on the on the Grand Slam circuit as most of these teams do, but they do play in their own area. They go to a few spiels and they practice a ton. And they've got a great coach in in Rick Lang, who is a multiple time world champion, three time Briar winner. But they they do practice and they practice hard. And it's not just on the ice; it's in the gym. And so when they come come into an event like this, in certain respects, they're a little less. Uh, burnt out I guess you could say they don't play the arduous schedule and they aren't you know they aren't uh, I don't know they, they they just follow a different path to get into the top ranks but no one now underestimates what they can do when they show up at the Scotties. Bob Weeks with us on Sports 1440. Uh, Bob you and I kind of have about the same amount of rings on the old tree and go back covering I mean my first briar was in the early 90s that I covered in Regina. Um, where do you see what's your thought on what how the game has evolved in the sense of players moving from province to province. And, you know, they're kind of trying to take uh, the model from Europe in the sense of trying to get the best players together. Um, it might take away, obviously, from the Briar and bringing in wildcard teams and, and things on that. But where's your stance on how the game has kind of moved from where it was when you and I were covering the old Briars and things like that, when you could still have a drink on media roll? <laughs> That's right. Those uh, those were good days with the yeah. hospitality rooms and oh, everything. Yeah. yeah, those days have kind of changed now. But um, you know, it, they're kind of caught. And I hate to use this. I don't mean this as a pun, but they're kind of caught between a rock and a hard mm-hmm. place. Yeah. The rest of the world has just gone past them, but Canada really. And you look at at, the, at when Canada wins World Championships now, and it's it's more often they don't than they do both men's and women's. And I think the only way that you're going to allow that to happen is to allow the players to form teams based on uh, their talent, their, their togetherness, their, you know, their links. And that, that means that you're going to have to stretch the, uh, the regional laws or bylaws or whatever you want to call them uh, that, that have formed the tradition. I mean, the Briar and the Scotties are great tournaments because it is province versus province, territory versus territory, region versus region. And you cheer for your team. You cheer for Ontario or Saskatchewan or Alberta, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's going to have to change. And we're seeing it already. You know, they're, they're doing like a birthright and you're allowed to have one. If you've been born in a province, but you won't, don't necessarily live there, you can play for that province. If you, um, you know, it's almost like if you once set foot in that province, now you can play for that <laughs> province. But I think, I think something's going to have to give. And I, I like the idea of the wild cards. I like what they did this year was they pre-approved 
a number of teams based on their performances. So those teams didn't have to go into the playdowns thinking that they they may only have one route in. Um, So now what you're getting is instead of having, let's say, one team out of Alberta, and I go back to the days when you had Kevin Martin and Kevin Cooey and and Randy Furby all trying to get out of one province, and now you you can have sort of three of those teams. And and we're seeing that a little bit in this Scotty's this year with and in and in the uh, the briar so um it's i think it's it, it people may not like it i don't mind it but people may not like it but i think it's going to have to happen if you want to see canada uh, on the top podium in in world championships and at the olympics let's switch gears with bob weeks from tsn talk a little golf uh, our game of the day for st albert dodge and uh, tiger woods yesterday at the genesis invitational had a bit of a rough shot there in 18 but what was your overall sense of uh, what tiger did uh, first round i guess competitively for a while anyway I, I thought he played pretty well you know he looked pretty good uh, he hasn't played since the masters last year so you're talking 10 months in between competitive rounds. Mm-hmm. And I think compared to some of his other comebacks where he was noticeably limping, uh, where he was noticeably adjusting his swing because of his back, you know, there were, really wasn't any of that. Now, he didn't play great by any means. He's, whatever, eight shots back at a lead. Um, but, you know, for a guy whose body is basically held together by spare parts and for a guy who has more rust on him than, you know, a lawn chair left out in the winter. I, I think that he he did a really good job yesterday of kind of getting it around. And I think I think there's enough in the tank that he'll improve a little bit today and make the cut. It's a, it's a weird cut line. This is one of those signature events where there's 70 players and the top 50 and anyone within 10 strokes of the lead will go on to play the weekend. Right now, Tiger's eight back and he's in, I think, 49th spot. So he's got to play well today. Um but there was enough good stuff yesterday that I think he can come back a little bit today, and I'm sure, I'm sure the, one of the biggest things will be to see how his body holds up after after 18 holes. Because as he as you pointed out, coming down 18, he said his back was spasming and he hit a, as he called it, a full blown shake. So uh, <laughs> we've all been weird. there. To, we'll have to know that Tiger is one of us and, that, uh, and can hit those shots once in a while. And then really made a remarkable third shot to get it even on the green from there. He did. He yeah. hit. He hit the same club. He hit an eight iron on the approach that shanked it, and he hit an eight iron to punch it through some yeah. trees and got it into about twenty feet. Unfortunately, he missed the putt, but yeah. uh, but still playing pretty well overall, I think. Yeah, I kind of hooded that eight iron through the little shoot there. Uh, Bob Weeks from TSN, uh, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. How tough of a job does Mike Weir have coming up here to to decide who's going to be on the President's Cup team later in the year, Bob? Well, I think if you're Mike Weir, and I, I had the chance to spend some time with him uh, last week, two weeks ago, I guess, and uh, we had a good chat. And, you know, the, the, the top six team, the top six players on the President's Cup uh, points list are going to automatically go in, and then he has six to pick. Mm-hmm. And and I think right now he's kind of rubbing his hands because there are some players playing very well. And if you look, even this week, you look at the top of the leaderboard and you've got uh, Cam Davis and you've got Ben on and, you, and you've got Adam Svensson up there. So, it may be it may be the the first time where it's really going to be hard to pick only six players because I think you're going to have some hard choices. Uh, I gave him I gave him the over under of two and a half to say how many more how many Canadians will be on the team. He took the over. Jim Furyk, who was there as well, the uh, the American coach, he took the over as well. Um, and I've talked to all the Canadian players out there, and this is right at the top of the list, even more so than making the Olympics. They want to play for Mike Weir in Montreal in the Presidents Cup. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting team, and I think it's a team that, that when they pull it all together, you know, Jason Day's a veteran, Adam Scott's a veteran who's playing well, 
uh, you know they may they may have enough horses in the uh, in the barn to uh, to finally knock off the Americans. You know, we had Danny Saul on last week, right before the WM uh, um, Phoenix Open, Bob, and I asked him I asked him the same kind of question. Uh, of course, Danny's caddy for Corey Connors, and he's out of Sherwood Park here. So, uh, but just the fact that there's so many great Canadians right now is this the best you've seen our game? You know that you know from our country standpoint, best you've seen it. Uh, certainly on the men's side, for sure. It's it's the deepest it's ever been. I mean, I've been around, as you were saying, we're, we're sort of all got the same ring. You and I have the same rings on the tree, but I can remember when we had like one Canadian. You know, Dave Barr was the only guy who was playing on the PGA Tour. Now to have five or six or seven and another kind of layer of guys who are just below that is very, very impressive. And, there are, you know, in, in a lot of ways, this is a result of what Mike Weir did in winning the Masters. If you talk to... Hadwin and Connors and Hughes and all these guys and Taylor, you know, you say, you know, what was one of the driving things to make you think you could have a pro career? And they said, watching Mike Weir win the Masters. Mm-hmm. If you go to the women's side, you know, it's a little thin. We've got Brooke Henderson, who is outstanding, but there's not much really after her. There are a few other players there. But you're starting to see in the amateur ranks now a kind of wave of young players that are coming up that'll be on the LPGA Tour in the next two, three, four years. And so this is the same kind of thing that Mike Weir did that Brooke Henderson is doing. There's women following her in her footsteps because they see what she could do. So um, I think right now it's as good as I've ever seen it. And I think it could actually get better on both sides. We've come a long way, haven't we, Bob, since we were like really cheering and pulling for a guy like Dick Zokel to win the 92 uh, tournament in Milwaukee and going into now where we are, where we see what's going on with Nick Taylor and Connors and all these great players. It's, it's like every week there's a Canadian up on the leaderboard, and that's a lot of fun for guys like me, but it's really a lot of fun for, uh, for Canadian golf fans to be able to turn on the television and see you know, Adam Svensson this week mm-hmm. as the top Canadian after the first round. Adam Hadwin's only a few shots back, so it's a, it's a great time for Canadian golf, and, uh, and as I say, I think it couldn't get even better. Bob, we can't wait to swing them around here. It's, we're still a couple months away, but uh, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Uh, good luck uh, covering and watching the curling and then obviously the golf uh, this weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks very much. Anytime. That's Bob Weeks from TSN and our game of the day with the Scotties Tournament of Hearts sliding out of the hack tonight in Calgary. Oh, it's a wicked field. And the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge, uh, industry-leading 46 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people up there. When we come back, we've got a little open open text time, open line time. We can talk to the Duke. He's been he's kind of been shut out this morning a little bit. Sorry, Duke. We've had a lot of good guests, and Eddie was running hard. And when you, when you've got a lineup built like we do today, Kev, <laughs> I'm more than happy to uh, to sit over here behind the monitors well, and plug no, away. But it's you're a, a big part a, of the show. A Duke. busy weekend of um, athletics uh, across the city, across the province. So we kind of want to get to it all, but also I got to make sure I got everything included to let everyone know what's going on in mm-hmm. the. Uh, Top of the hour updates because uh, between the Bears and playoff action, GMAC, um, uh, Pandas, and, and Golden Bears basketball and volleyball kind of uh, down into the home stretch now too. So there's so much, so much going on. We want to make sure we get it all included. I was getting a lot of texts from my buddies in Saskatoon about going to the Bears hockey game tonight in, against the Huskies. So mm-hmm. I mean that's uh, it's going to be tough for the Bears, but they can easily come out of this with a couple of victories. This, I mean Saskatchewan isn't as good as. You know, in years past, if you're going in there and if you're going back into the old dog pound, oh boy, 
Yeah. Huh? Oh God. You think yeah. Claire Drake was an advantage, <laughs> or is an advantage? Holy moly! Old Rutherford Arena in Saskatoon, Duke. Have you? Have you? Have you I've, ever never, I've never been, but I was. I was actually kind of thinking that this morning. I was like, man, if I didn't have a senior outlaws game to work oh. tomorrow night, maybe I'd take a little weekend road trip Sasky. to Stoon and, uh, man, Saskatoon. Great city to yeah. have like a weekend in if you want to yes. hit the town and uh, lots of great pubs and bars to check out. The thing with the Huskies in Saskatoon, it's the top of the list, right? Oh, yeah. Huskies football is massive. You know, they get great fans. The old Rutherford uh, Arena in Saskatoon on campus, Duke, the press box, <laughs> when you went up there, you could feel it move. And it was just, <laughs> you would swear that it was go, and it was right above the players' bench. And like dust would fall on these guys, and they, oh, it was the just, away bench probably. I can't. I, I assume so. I, it's been it's been thirty some years. One of, one of those uh, you know little advantages you get, much like at the Drake, when you cram the twenty one man <laughs> roster into the ten foot long bench <laughs> over on the visiting side. Yeah. But when, when we play there in Campus Rec, Kevin, yeah. the so our fraternity was the team we play with Farmhouse. Like we never have made more than ten guys at mm-hmm. a game. So we're and the other teams, some of like the some of these other programs or clubs on campus they'd have like 18 man teams show up for campus rec we would go out of our way to get dressed first over and there. 10 of us over on the big golden bears bench and cram our opponents <laughs> over into the smart away bench. that's smart for campus rec hockey we're looking uh, for every advantage we could take well smart <laughs> uh we'll have some open time uh, get to some of your texts again it's a feel good friday and if you want a song for the duke to play coming up here in the next uh Oh, hour and a bit. Uh, let us know. Shoot us off a text. one 401 Kevin Carey's show continues on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Dexy's always makes it in for a request, doesn't it, Duke? That, that's their only song they ever had, right? The only one I know, that's for sure. Did you watch the entire Oilers game, like, you know, catching every graphic and things like that? There was one that caught my eye last night. Uh, if it was during play or like during the periods, I, I, I usually period. dip out during the intermissions. Yeah. I don't watch the intermission shows and uh, breakdown stuff. Not because I don't care for them. Usually just I try and, you know, whether it be make some supper or uh, yeah. uh, catch up on a few other things, get some stuff prepped for the show, whatever. But so, no, I, uh, I'm not sure. Gotcha. Um, it was in the second period and I don't know who comes, who, uh, who comes up with this and how, uh, how long it would take to do this. But it was regarding Connor Brown. And Connor, we know he hasn't scored this year. He hasn't scored since March of 2022. That's his last goal in the NHL. Obviously missed all of last year, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. The dates. But they had a graphic up. <laughs> I think, that, like, this is piling on in the sense of how, who's doing this? It said uh, last goal was 1,100 and whatever, 40 shifts. So you have to go back every game that he played this year and had up all the shifts going back to well I guess a couple games in Washington last year then I had up all the games that he played you know and after the March I guess whatever middle of March of 2022 so 1,100 and something and um, that's that's just a lot of research a lot of work text coming in one 401 1440 we're gonna have a little Ian Tyson coming up I would believe eh uh, that's a request coming in. Um, <laughs> Hacksaw is not getting his request. You're out, Hacksaw. Sorry, sorry, Hacksaw. This is a family program. Yes. We can't uh, play that. Uh, it's a great tune by Ronnie Carrington, but unfortunately, 
won't make the cut <laughs> on this Friday. Rick from Leduc texts in, would Claude Giroux help Edmonton? Oh, yes, he would. He would definitely help Edmonton, but he's making six and a half million dollars, and that's way too much for the Oilers to e- Even if at. you're looking at 50% retained and then next another 25% retained it's with someone else, it, it just, it, that'd be too tough to squeeze in, I think. <sighs> I've heard the Oilers have told their professional scouting staff, if you're looking at a player over $4 million, he better be damn good and yeah. it better be a big time opportunity where we can make a splash. Not to say that it wouldn't happen, but it's just the way it is. You got to have the money going out as well. Any other text catch your eye? It was kind of, oh. Um, I, there was one down here. I just wanted to get to it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Austin Matthews and his scoring oh, yeah. uh, potential this season. Uh, Jordan um, said mm-hmm. uh, Matthew scores 80. Jordan, the Leafs fan. And then also just wanted to say uh, oh. or mention it's his birthday. So happy birthday to Jordan. Hey, happy birthday, Jordan. He's a... Uh, Seems like a nice young man, or maybe an older man. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> Regardless, however many years it is, happy birthday all the same. Text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 Randy says, the Oilers team that has been playing since the All-Star game will be making an early exit from the playoffs. Hmm. Then he, well, I'm not even going to read the last one because it makes it's absolutely no sense. No Randy. chance that's happened, yeah. Randy. Sorry, so... So, yeah, the five games, they've been in a bit of a funk, if you want to call it that. Man, I don't know. You you win 16 games in a row. You obviously expect a regression. But here's the problem with the Oilers and the situation they're in. We've almost forgot about it. We've almost removed it from our memory because how good they have been, not only over the most recent winning streak, but the one that preceded that uh, with the little uh, three-game skid in the middle. They Mm -hmm. were so bad to start this season that even with a 16-game winning streak, it is not a foregone conclusion that this team can make the playoffs. No, it's not. They're three points ahead of L.A. right now. They're three points ahead of St. Louis. Not that that matters. Different division. But like, if you're but talking down in the wild card race, it could, sure does. It could. I just, the way the Central's shaping up. And, but Minnesota's coming on. You just can't afford to take your foot off the gas. You, you don't have to win. Work. You don't have to win every game, but you can't tread along at 500 hockey either. You know, you, you still need to win more than you lose, and doing that will get the Oilers in. But we were taught like they're still only five points back of Vegas with three games in hand. Okay, yes, exactly. So like for for home ice, right? Like when we're talking about the playoffs, which is without a doubt still the focus of this team. You got to get in, and then you get mm-hmm. in, make it happen when it counts most. Like it doesn't matter if you finish with ninety nine points in a season or one hundred and thirty two with the te- for the team. But you got to get in, and having home ice is an advantage, especially when you're a team like Edmonton, where the building is raucous. Uh, travel up here is not easy for uh, opposing teams, per se. It flips the other way because you still got to travel out of Edmonton to go on the road games, too. But all the same. I'm fine starting on the road in the playoffs. In fact, I prefer it. A lot of people have said that it should be a choice. Mm-hmm. If you're the higher seed, you pick. Well, you would never do. Yeah, but you're still going to pick home ice if you have the choice. That's You'd be crazy to do it. That's like Because I think this has come up a lot when you look yeah. at maybe teams' records in the first game. And it's sometimes maybe just the first game of the playoffs or first game of a series because there's so much hype, right? It's the first game and the, the 
crowds packed and it can be a bit of a letdown spot for the the home mm-hmm. team because the 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 pressure the jitters or the environment might get to them a little bit you know it's funny so calgary loses last night at home to san jose you, you can't that can't happen no it just can't happen and now calgary i mean if calgary would have won last night they move all the way up it's so tight they move ahead of nashville you know, there's still, you know, you're looking at game, game by game uh, opportunities and, and things like that. But De- Detroit goes into Vancouver. Vancouver again wins 4-1 last night. Dallas pounds Nashville 9-2. And the game, L.A. bounces back. Bounces back after getting clobbered in Buffalo 7-0. L.A. beats uh, New Jersey 2-1. Nico Dawes made two or three saves that were probably better. Well, they were better. He made two saves that were better than what Jordan Bennington did last night. Mm-hmm. And now there's all the talk is Markstrom didn't play last night. They played Wolf. Markstrom, was it his last time that he's going to see the, the, the Saddle Dome ceiling there or whatever it is? It's so, so bad in there. Is it the last time that he was yeah, in Calgary? I don't know. Well, the Wranglers play there too, I think, don't they? Why, you think Markstrom will be on the Wranglers? Oh, oh, Markstrom. I thought you were saying Wolf, pardon no, me. No, no, I, I said Markstrom. I said Markstrom didn't play last night. Didn't play. Okay, yes. I, I, my you know, and I get it. Like, you're going, you're like the Oilers. Is yeah. is Cal Pickard going to play Monday in Arizona? You would think he's probably going to get a, a look at playing Monday. The Oilers, the way the schedule is, they don't have to play him because it's spaced out. They have Boston Wednesday. There's a back-to-back, Minnesota and Calgary. You would think that Pickard's going to play the game against Minnesota. You would think. And here, here this uh, this text came in quite a bit earlier in the show. I, I responded to it, but we didn't get to it off the hop um, mm-hmm. from Mike. That When will you guys be concerned about the amount of games Stuart Skinner is playing? Not saying he's playing bad, but you don't want him being tired going into the playoffs. They obviously don't trust Pickard. Mm-hmm. And I texted him back and I said, well, I, I disagree. Yeah. The, ska- the schedule, when it's favorable, play your number one guy. He's not playing that much. He's. It's like you're talking about a pro athlete every second or third mm-hmm. day. They can do that. And like we saw it last year in the playoffs, maybe he was tired, maybe the mental fatigue of a full NHL season. He was yeah. a rookie. He's now got that experience. And I, I'm on record saying I don't expect Stuart Skinner to be like a 60-game-plus starter in the NHL. But those guys are so few and far between, especially nowadays with we know what we know about sports science. That And, and the, the text to say they don't trust Pickard, I don't think that's yeah. the case at all because they're just not playing them because Skinner's been off the wall good, run with the hot hand. The schedule is going to get so much tougher uh, and more intense with more games in less days. Then you start to go to your backup a little bit more regularly down the home stretch. Um, we'll get to a few of your texts later in the show. Uh, top of the hour, Steve Coolius, Sirius XM NHL Radio, will uh, be with us to elevate our game for Ram Elevators and Lifts. We'll also have Colin Livingston from Cantor to talk about the uh, Daytona 500 this weekend. And then Ben Feldman, Rochef Basketball. It's the last dance for Dave Youngs after, uh, I don't know, 100 years coaching basketball at Rochef. The gym tonight at Rochef, get there early because uh, you will need to get in because it's going to be jam-packed. Top of the hour, it will be Steve Coolius, Sirius XM NHL Radio. Before that time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by... The Snow Valley Ski Club, all runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Here is the Duke. 